What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Masters of Community podcast. My name is David Spinks, founder of CMX and VP of Community at Bevy. Each week, I bring you an expert who will help you take your community to the next level. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. I just want to give you a quick heads up that my new book, The Business of Belonging, How to Make Community Your Competitive Advantage, is now available anywhere where you can buy books on Amazon and any bookstore. It is the complete collection of everything I've learned from the last 13 years and how to build community for your business and all of the frameworks and models that the CMX team has developed to teach businesses how to do this work. It's all in here. I really appreciate all your support. You can go and order it now. Today, we're sharing another interview from CMX Summit 2021 that I did with Marius Chorta, who is the Chief Community Officer at IBM. This is a really cool behind-the-scenes look at how IBM structures their community programs and some of Marius's points of view, which aren't necessarily common points of view in the community industry, around where community should fit within the org, how to get buy-in for community, how to be able to grow headcount in your community, and some of the specific kinds of programs that he's running in order to build community across IBM, which is the size of a small city with many, many different products and many, many different kinds of communities. So it's a massive challenge to build community across that org. And we get some behind the scenes look at how he does that here. Hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Oh, and one more thing. Remember, we want to hear from you. It's always hard in podcasts to be broadcasting and not get to hear back from all of you, especially for community builders like you. I want to know Is this content resonating? Are you learning from it? What are your insights that you want to add? So please email us at pod at cmxhub.com and let us know what you thought of the episode. Share your own experiences, share your own insights, and we'll be picking some of your great responses to include in future episodes at the end of the episode. All right, so pod at cmxhub.com. Let us know what you think of this episode and you'll have the chance to be included in a future one. Thanks so much. Our next speaker is the Chief Community Officer at IBM and leads the community strategy that involves forming an engaging brand presence to interact with their community of existing customers. Today, he will be talking about how to start sharing best practices and using common terminology to expand the experience beyond the company brand. And fueling the fireside chat, which is my new favorite joke, is our very own David Spinks, So please help me flood the chat with hundreds of clapping emojis and little fire emojis because it's a fireside chat. And join me in welcoming Marius Chorta. Awesome. Hey, thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. Appreciate all the fire puns and jokes as always. An absolute (laughs) pleasure. You're really on fire. (laughs) Okay. What's up, Marius? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Happy to be here. Yeah, excited to have you here. You mentioned that you've done a lot of speaking throughout your career, but this is one of the first events you're you're speaking at again in a while. So welcome back to the world of speaking. <laughs> Thank you. So I'd love to just kind of start off with a little bit of background on you and the work that you're doing. You had a, a lot of experience at Oracle over the many years, and then you've been the chief community officer at IBM. What does the chief community officer at IBM do, and how do you kind of define that role? You know, I hate to say it, but it, titles are sometimes needed to press authority. IBM is a special animal. It's a company that has over 100 years of history, has created many products, invented many products, 
and has over 400,000 employees. So it's a mammoth. And when I was brought into IBM, the challenge that uh, was before me is like, how do you unite all the various groups and get them on the same page? And there's two things you need to do when you're kind of bringing or creating something at a company of size IBM. One, you need to create. But the second piece is like you need to stop from new things to form and they all need to align. So the title helps you in both. One, to kind of get things done. And then two, for people that want to do something similar but very siloed to tell them this is not the time to be siloed anymore come join the bigger group. So that's how the title comes about. It's really kind of like able to get the work done that you ask to get done. Yeah, I think we've experienced that in the community industry for a long time. For a long time, community professionals were kind of relegated to the community manager role, which was kind of had this connotation of being more junior. But as we're seeing community professionals move up the ladder into more VP level roles or chief community officer roles, I think you're right, like the title carries weight and it gives community the ability to work more cross-functionally across the company, which is kind of core to doing this work, right? Like community in a silo really limits the scope and the impact that it can have on a business. But when community can be integrated across different parts of the business, that's where it really starts to flourish. Yeah, absolutely. And I never fully understood why communities being relegated to a community manager role where we are in a world of social media. And when I started social media first, I remember that it was the same kind of thing. It was like a small role, who should own it in PR? And then it grew through the ranks because people got it like, oh yeah, what we're saying externally matters. I would challenge everybody to think about what we're talking to our customers matters more. I mean, I don't want to knock social media, but you are kind of talking to everyone and you don't really know the impact that you're having. When you're talking in a community, especially a community of customers, you're talking to your customers. And I believe smart companies should value the customers above everything else. Therefore, you should not let that conversation just live with a junior intern. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild that for many years, it was relegated to that junior level because, yeah, right. customers are extremely important. And yet, like we're giving the responsibility for managing that relationship to someone who's brand new and just learning how to do it. I think that's really starting to shift. Are you seeing the kind of function of community shift a lot at IBM over the last few years? Because we're seeing broadly community become really popular. Have you seen that come into practice at IBM where there's more buy-in and leadership? I think yes. And I mean, the result is that I'm there. <laughs> so I have to say yes. Sure. But what I think people are waking up to is that in this day and age where the entry level, especially in the enterprise, the barriers are much lower. So somebody today in the garage can go and create the next startup. And four weeks later, they have a VC behind it. And two months later, they're now a competitor of IBM or an Oracle or an HP or any of the large enterprises. That Getting the next logo where enterprise was really, really focused on is still obviously important, but keeping the customers you have is equally important, right? Because the next startup could just get that customer that you've worked so hard in getting. And especially startups are really smart in that community tactics, and they grow from the community. So they have more of a grounds up approach, right? And that is something that the enterprise were, are not that comfortable with. But now that they're sort of like, hey, you know, we understand we have all those customers. We want to keep those customers happy. We want to keep them engaged. If they're engaged, they are more likely to adopt our products and they're going to stay loyal to our brand. So I think 
that realization is becoming now common knowledge in the enterprise. And I think you will see all enterprise players having robust communities because of that. Yeah. It's uh, more competition than ever for people's attention when it comes to community, if everyone's building community. One thing that you've said that I was curious to learn more about is you kind of distinguish between focusing on the customer versus the end user. And you said that you believe companies should be focusing more on the user. Can you kind of explain more what that distinction is and why companies should be thinking about building community for end users? Right. In my experience, when you talk about customer-first or customer-centric companies, they often quickly define that customer as the person that writes the check, right? And they see the 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 decision-maker, right? The buyer, decision maker, mm-hmm. that's where we want to be focused on. That's the guy we want to take out to the fine dining experience and, and shake the $100 million right. handshake and, and win them over. Super important. So you have that, and then you have a little bit of a gap where I call the user. And then you have the other side, and again, sort of social media, we have this influencer world. The YouTuber, the streamer, we all go, influencers are so important. What I don't understand is, I feel like the real influencers is, are the guys that actually use your software day in and day out. I mean, it's great that you got the decision maker. The decision maker bought it. They gave it to the company. Now you have 100 people using the software day in and day out. When you are to renew your contract, and it's again like keeping those customers, the decision maker will at some point go to those 100 employees and say, what do you think about this? And if those guys say that the product is not very good, then I think all your house of cards about being customer centric is potentially about to fall down. If, however, you get those internal users to be your advocates, which is partly what we are trying to do in our community work, and they advocate on your behalf, then signing the check will will be a no-brainer for the decision maker. So I believe the true influencers are not the necessarily YouTubers or the people on Twitch or social media influencers. I believe that uh, the true influencers are inside the company that are already using the product. And... Mm. Getting them on your side, I think community plays a huge role in getting those guys on your side. So that's why I think companies need to focus on the users a little bit more because that's ultimately who's going to make the buying decision. If you have a P somewhere, you're going to be, you know, you know some things, but the user is going to go like, hey, if you want me to do this, then I need this software or I need this platform or I need to work with this group. We have an opportunity to influence that conversation. Yeah. It's a really interesting point. And we've kind of experienced this ourselves with Bevy, right? We're a B2B product. And it's often that the community manager and event organizers are the end user, but the buyer is sometimes the CMO or someone who is in a position of leadership is making the decision. It is often a disconnect between what a buyer is looking for and what they're expecting and their purview of kind of like what they're looking for in a tool and versus what the end users are looking for. And I do think sometimes the CMO is definitely going to all those end users and asking them what they want. A lot of the time, it does seem like there's a disconnect between those two people. Do you have any advice on like how to leverage community in order to maybe help those end users become better advocates or reach buyers within the company in an authentic way? I think there's a trend that benefits the end user, or this, in this case, community managers. I think overall, organizations are becoming more flat. I think that the tools that we have, like let's take Slack for an example, allows for better communication between the CMO and the junior community manager because they all are on the same sort of like Slack channels. 
and you can start kind of bringing this education out. And then I think companies like CMX or, you know, Bevy, the work that you guys are doing here, the content that is provided here is the ammunition that those guys, girls, women need to start the conversation, right? So what I would do, and I certainly have done it in the past, is screenshot things that seem to be making sense to me and then put them out sort of in the public Slack channels or public internal discussion threads where everybody can read it and then put the seeds out, right? And then you look for your opportunity to have those conversations. And I think that more likely or not, everybody will be starting to sort of jump on board because you have access now to the CMO, I think. I know maybe just IBM is more open door than others, but looking back, I do believe that the barriers are being removed and that organizations are getting more flat. So your influence is there. Well, hey, if you could do it at a 400,000-person company, then we should be able to do that at any company. Well, you know, I did get the chief title, so that helped. So executive buy-in is super important. But they realize too, I mean, they they have other issues at a company of 400,000, right? When you're having those customer conversations, how do you engage them all in one place if they are in 1,000 places? How do you have a cohesive conversation around company strategy if there is not a single place you can actually have that conversation at, right? So their problem was not, the issues that I faced was not that there was no community. The issue I faced is there were a thousand communities, right? Mm. And the users did not know where to go. And each one is managed differently and no way of reaching everybody at the same time. So bringing together just made a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a unique challenge that you have on a scale. I think a lot of companies have this challenge of many different communities. I mean, even us, we're at 200 people in our company now. And we still have, even just for CMX, we have a Facebook group and a Slack and an online-owned community and events, kind of all these disparate spaces. What's been the biggest effective approach for you for creating more of like a centralized, cohesive community experience, both in terms of the experience for the community members at IBM and for you as a team to be able to kind of like manage community across the org? Well, platform is important. As having a strategy and purpose, clearly defined purpose, I think is very important. So when I have conversations with the various stakeholders, I can do two things really well. I can first say, here's why we have a community and how it's benefiting the customer and yourself, right? Be very clear. And then two Mm -hmm. is, here's the investment you need to make in order to gain or harvest the goods that will come from having a good community. and. There you make the pitch that it's not very much, right? Because good-run communities have activity often supported by champions in that community, and we help you with that. You don't have to like hire 10 people here. All you really need to do is help us have the conversations. We are here to help you, right? And then if the executive on the other end goes like, huh, this makes a lot of sense. I know what you're about. And man, it doesn't take like, all that much effort, and I can get so much back, then it becomes a no-brainer. So make the proposition of community a no-brainer. Don't start with like, hey, I need to have five people full-time, right away hired to run this community. And by the way, it's also $10 million. Not going to go anywhere. You need to find scale, right? It's like, I often have things like, hey, look, one person on my team can talk to 5,000 people. That is a lot of scale here. You have your uh, customer success management teams and Think of the ratios you have there and how many people it takes for you to do this. I can do this with just one person. So community has this ability to scale conversations and scale 
what we want to accomplish from a brand perspective or a company perspective that I think makes it very attractive them for them to be part of it. Yeah. You said a couple of things there that I just want to call out because I think they're interesting. One is you kind of spoke first, like having a consistent approach to strategy across communities. So you yeah. can have a hundred different community programs, but having a similar approach or process for how to design that strategy helps make it more repeatable. So you also mentioned like purpose. Do you have like a unified purpose that goes across all community programs or does each community program have its own purpose or both? No, I try to keep my purpose universal across all. Again, that's the only way to succeed. And I can say what it is. I mean, it's, there's no secret here. Yeah, and I think every it? community is around <laughs> this. <laughs> so the purpose that I have is I need to have a place where customers can share their thoughts, right? They're sharing their thoughts so they can learn from each other. And ultimately, if they share their experiences, learn from each other, they will be able to do more with the products. So I enable them. And that is true regardless of technology, language, product, whatever it is that unifies all together. I'm always very clear and tell them like, I'm not going to be your content hub. I'm not going to be the place that you're going to drive uh, a campaign to ultimate success. I mean, those are all side effects of like getting the sure. first piece right. So that's mm -hmm. what I wake up in the morning, basically. And my team wakes up in the morning and thinks about how do we get our members to share their experiences when they do so, we know they're going to learn from each other and they're going to be more successful in the products. I love that. And I'm just going to repeat it because I think there's I know. probably I'm, something I'm embarrassed everyone... to be so simple. No, no. I think it, the beauty is in the simplicity and that this is something every business can apply. Like create a space that motivates people to share their thoughts. If they do that, right. they teach each other. And if they're able to teach each other, it improves how they're able to use your product and be successful. And That's something it. that like every community team can use. And what I also like is that you specify what you won't do, which is, I think, a trap yes. that a lot of community professionals fall into is we say yes to everything because we want to create more value. We want community to do everything for the business, but being really clear about what community can or can't do, or at least what outcomes you're owning and which ones are side effects, but you're not going to be accountable to seems like a really important thing to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. That would be probably even a longer discussion. The natural place a company goes to is like, okay, if you now have this cohort of people in one place, I can then push stuff to them, right? So why is this not the one-stop solution to come here and they get everything? Why can I not just have all the content that's relevant in that one space? The answer may be yes. And in an utopia world, I surely would like my yeah. customer to have everything in one place. But the reality is that somebody else in the company is trying to accomplish the same thing. And now you're going to have a hard time differentiate yourself from what others are doing, right? So if you choose to put mm -hmm. training in your community, and there's a trainings organization, shouldn't the trainings organization then be part of the community or is the community part of the trainings organization? It gets very complicated. Try to keep your world clean, and then it's easier to say also no. Now, the reality is, of course, gray, and even my community will have places where there's learning and learning content or documentation. We have blogs, our blogs, you know, tutorials sometimes, but I'm trying at least to keep it as clean as I can. Yeah, I mean, this is something we experience too, because community can kind of cover lots of different things. Like we even made a switch recently where the community team was responsible at CMX for running all of the marketing for CMX, right? Like we oh, had a marketing go. team, but they were focused yeah. on kind of the software marketing, not on community marketing. And now we made a switch to where marketing is actually responsible 
for the marketing of community programs and products as well, which has actually been incredible because now we have this like much larger resource of marketing helping grow all of our community efforts. And that we're going right. to have a similar decision point with training soon too, because we have a CS org who does a lot of training and education, but we obviously have like CMX Academy and training. So like who owns that? And it's somewhat of like more of like a matrixed approach to kind of thinking about the org that we're trying to figure out, but it's always a gray area and it's always complex. Yeah. And that's where I come back to this user-centric approach. It sounds like you guys going a little bit in the user-centric approach, right? So yeah. if you are truly user-centric and you want to create a user experience, community naturally has some tools that can be very beneficial in that strategy. But then you're building really this larger user experience that touches all the points and you need like a chief user experience guy, which should be above the community guy. <laughs> right. Or girl. Or lady. Or girl. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And one last quick thing I want to call from something you said earlier that I thought was very useful as well is the idea of kind of like showing the scale and tying that to headcount. I think we often yes. show the scale of community, but I really like the idea of showing like, look, this is a team we need. And then this is a scale that we can drive with that. And then I found that the final step is to like connect that back to what we call return on community, but like ROI. It's actually able to say like, all right, if you're trying to get more headcount and budget for community, being able to show like, these are the people we need. These are the outcomes we're going to be able to drive for community with those people. And this is the impact it's going to have on the bottom line. It makes it a very easy decision to say like, yes, you can hire three more people for your team when you frame it in that way. Absolutely. And we should feel good about the tools that we as community managers have to drive scale. I think we are pretty unique. You think of all the programs that exist in a large company, I would say community is one that scales maybe the most. I have to think about this myself, but it's definitely up there of programs that have tremendous scale. Uh, we have tremendous right. reach with very few people. And if done right, we have this engine that drives itself, which are our members. Mm. Our members are engaged. That just drives itself. We just have to be more in the nurture role and like the garden kind of thing. We are gardeners right. or shepherds or whatever. That's mm -hmm. the perfect place for us to be. Yeah, I know. Rosie Sherry at Orbit loves to talk about it as like a community garden. I love that that comparison. And yeah, I mean, by its very nature, community is all about empowering people to contribute. And so a program where you are creating all the value as like a marketing team versus a program where you're empowering thousands of people to contribute, by its nature, it's going to be more scalable. I want to ask you about another concept that I've heard you talk about before, which is we talk a lot about the value that community drives for our brand, like our product, our company's brand. But you've also advocated for looking at community as its own brand and investing in a community brand. Could you say a little more about that concept? Yeah, so I feel like we are all in the same boat. What another company does successfully in community benefits me or what a community does bad influences me because you are talking to... You know, our members are members of many communities, right? So they are starting to look for similar experiences. And if I can create a positive experience in one way, then if the next brand leverages the same experiences I created, the user expectations get set. And it's more likely that they will come or they will participate or they will join that activity. So let me give an example of Bevy, which is very relevant for you guys. Bevy has this concept of community events, right? 
That is yeah. pretty bold because basically what Bevy is saying is like there is such a thing as a marketing event and there is such a thing as a community event. Here's how a community mm. event looks like. And if you guys are mm. successful and people join that community event in the style that you guys have sort of created and, and spearheading and the certain look and feels and here's how it needs to work, if that's a good experience and I'm copying it as an IBM or any other brand that's out there, then that guy that had a good experience at, at this conference will have a good experience with me and they would have another good experience somewhere else. So when they start seeing community event, they will be drawn to the same community event because they had such a great experience at all other places. If we all define community events to be something else, right? That's the opposite. So you guys define it as an online thing. The next person says community events are in-person only, right? And really fights for that to be the case. From a customer perspective, then we don't know anymore, right? So then they go like, oh, community baby, that's an in-person event thing because IBM calls it that way. Is that right? So we're confusing them. So that right there, it's not a good start for a good relationship. I do other things like I start thing called community days, right? Very simple. I said here, here's what the community day uh, is, what it's about. Now I'm seeing like Amazon starting doing some, other companies are doing it. That's again, a good little example of like, hey, let's do community days. Community days are about the users. Yeah, we know that. Community days is all about learning from each other. Awesome. Community days, all of us getting together and networking. Great. Using platform like CMX to teach what that is allows us then to be having successful programs, setting the expectations with our customers before they even got to the event of what it is. Love it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You're leveraging community and building kind of IP in a way, intellectual property around like you're defining a format or defining a community. It also applies, I think, when you have something like with Bevy has like the CMX community, it's a different brand. Uh, Culture Amp has people geeks. Like creating a brand for your community is another way of building a lot of trust and awareness and ownership that translates into trust in the product brand as well. I mean, my ideal world is like if an external person comes to a IBM thing and says, oh, I know exactly what this is because I've attended this at Amazon or I attended this in eBay well, yeah. or Google. It's like, it's like you're That's, stealing you know, mind share in a way. It's like yeah, every time someone share, does right? it, they like I mean, it a little bit. Yeah. And it sounds counterproductive because it's like, well, aren't we not competitors and shouldn't we be different? No, because we still servicing human beings that have fundamentally the same needs in that industry. Yeah. But it's about the user. So take your pride back, pull it a little back, say it's not all about me. It's about the user. What do they like to have? And then every time we meet as community managers, let's share our experiences, learn from the bad, and execute on the good so that our users have the best possible experience when they hear the word community. Yeah. That's a hard mindset shift for a lot of traditional businesses to shift from like the competitive mindset into like whatever there are users or people, let's just focus on them. But if we had more time, I think there's something really fundamental there that we all need to figure out as business people, as a community industry that would help people understand the value of community better. That said, I want to leave time after this for questions from the community. And I like to end my interviews on rapid fire question rounds. So I have a few rapid fire questions to ask you. Uh, You ready? Should we dive in? Ready. Okay. First question. Very important one. If you could only eat one kind of food for the rest of your life, what would that food be? I say spaghetti carbonara has all things covered. Breakfast and dinner and lunch (laughs) and protein. I love it. Yeah, I think you could survive on spaghetti carbonara. Good one. 
Yeah. All right. Number two, what's your favorite book to gift to people or to recommend to people? So I say my favorite book that sort of shaped how my thinking is, is uh, Groundswell from Charlene Lee. It dates yes. me a lot. I apologize. But the fundamental discussion that she has in there, I think, is sort of the groundwork on how companies should be thinking about customer engagement. Groundswell came out like right at the start of my career. And I can like draw a straight line like that book and Tribes from Seth Godin were like the two books that like shaped how I thought about business and community and Groundswell, just like what we're talking about today. It nailed it so much. And Charlene actually just keynoted at our last CMX summit. So it was like full circle for me. And Seth is keynoting this one. So my two favorite (laughs) books from back in my early career. That's a great one. Perfect. Highly recommend you all check those out. All right. Number three, what's a go-to community engagement tactic or conversation starter that you like to use in your communities? I say my go-to tactic, this is a tough one, getting people together. Oh, okay. I got it. T-shirts and beer. That should be the answer. Go-to tactics. Anytime people get together, get them a T-shirt. And if you can give them a beer, they will love you forever. That's true. People love T-shirts <laughs> and they love beer. All right. Next one. What's the weirdest community you've ever been a part of? You know, I don't have a weird, but I recently had like a really interesting one. My kid, which is 15, he just told me that he is sort of a community manager on a Minecraft community on Discord. And he just blew my mind away and showed me how little I actually know. So it's pretty amazing what kids do and what Minecraft and how they self-direct and create things that we spend years trying to figure out organically. They all have it done. The next generation of community builders is going to be so far beyond us, especially when it comes to internet communities. So that's why I say it's weird. Yes, that is weird. Minecraft is definitely weird. But like one day it's not going to be weird. We're going to be weird for not knowing it. Like it's going to be normal. Yes, exactly. All right, last rapid fire question. Then we'll take a few questions from the community and the audience. Last question for you. What advice do you have for community professionals who want to become a chief community officer one day? I think it's, it's it always comes down to value, the value you provide to your company. I mean, the way you need to pitch it is if you buy in in the vision that I'm putting it down, you need to enable me to actually do this, right? And if you do this, then you get any title you like. So be clear in what you're trying to achieve for your company. Be clear on your goals. Be clear on the outcomes. Yeah, Love be it. clear on the goals and outcomes. All right. Awesome. I think we're going to invite Beth back on stage here to help with the Q&A? Yes. Hey, we Beth. have some questions. We have some good questions. And I'll also let you know that there are some people who have been sharing their weird communities. And we have one person who <laughs> is in a I beekeeping community. <laughs> Ooh, hey, I'm a beekeeper, by people. the way. You are. Oh, well, there you go. I really want to be a beekeeper, but my wife won't let me because she's like deathly afraid of bees. Bee democracy. And That's your book to read. Okay, go on. And it's hard, David, to be a beekeeper in an apartment, I think. <laughs> she said a minimum amount of acres that we would have to have for me to be able to like keep it in, far away from her house. And we're nowhere close to having that. So anyway. Well, question. there you go. Okay. Right. What yeah. Sorry, I derailed you guys. We've got, one, we've got a, a good question, I think, from Martise Cooks, who asks, advice to help break the silos. We have multiple products in our portfolio. We want to provide opportunity for unifying, and they're just looking for some advice on how to break those silos. Interview your customers, ask them the questions on how they feel being siloed, 
And I think that will, and then record that and play it back to your executives. That makes a huge impact. When they're going to hear exactly from the customers, that's the most impactful thing that you can do. And I bet the customers are as frustrated as you are. Good advice. I love the listen to the community. I always think that's such a great North Star idea. Okay, and we're running short on time, but Chika Dunu has a big question. So we'll see how much you can answer in a short amount of time. For a new community manager, how do you evaluate a platform to choose for your community? Be clear on your purpose and then match your community capabilities to that purpose, right? That's what I can say in 10 seconds that I have. Write down, like, be very clear your purpose and then do things like storyboard telling. Start with, as a user, I would like to do. As a user, when I see this, I want to like to do this. Just spend 30 minutes writing statements that start as a user and then see how many the platform can match. Love that. Perfect. Yeah, that's excellent for a 30-second piece of advice. Thank you so much, Marius. Thank you, David. That was such a wonderful conversation. Thanks, Marius. Appreciate you. The Masters of Community is brought to you by CMX, the world's largest network of community professionals, and Bevy, the enterprise platform powering communities for the world's leading brands. This episode was edited and produced by Finesse Media. Music was provided by Seiji Cataldo, and design was provided by Virginia DeMarco. If you enjoy this episode, please drop us a review in iTunes. It's a huge help for helping us get this podcast in front of more people. We really, really appreciate it. And share it with your networks. The more people that learn about the power of community, the better. We have a new episode every week. So until then, thank you so much for listening and see you next time.